All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Exit 77, a Notre Dame football podcast. I'm your host, Drew Brennan. This is episode 48. We're going to take a look at the most recent Notre Dame signing day class and also preview a little bit around the Notre Dame and South Carolina upcoming bowl game, the Gator Bowl, which is taking place in less than 48 hours from now um, down in Jacksonville, Florida. The Irish have been down in Florida for the last couple of days, uh, getting in a bunch of practice, um, getting in as much work as they can as they gear up for the big game. Should be a lot of fun. Um, should be a great opportunity for the Irish to finish the season with a victory. Hopefully finish the season at 9-4. and four. And another opportunity for a lot of us to see what Tyler Buckner can do. Um, lots of has happened uh, since the last podcast that we recorded around the Irish uh, since their season ended against uh, the fighting the USC Trojans. Um, one of the biggest news probably being that uh, Drew Pine entered the transfer portal and has transferred actually to Arizona State. He found uh, his his home and is going to be gearing up and settling in uh, this next semester down in Arizona and will be a part of the Arizona State uh, spring practice and then their upcoming season. Uh, Arizona State has a new head coach there, and it looks like Pine was the guy he wanted, and, and Pine Pine went there. Um, little little disappointing that Pine didn't decide to stick around at Notre Dame and play in the bowl game with the rest of his classmates. I can understand why he would go into the portal and make the move and, and leave now, uh, as obviously there's you know, only a certain number of quarterback spots that are open, and I think he probably felt it was in his best interest to leave now and get his name out there and find a spot, and he did so. A um, little tough that he's that he's leaving the team before the final game, and he's I think he's actually leaving Notre Dame without his degree, so that's a little confounding and, and strange, but uh, I wish the kid all the best. He had a great season for the Irish. Um, I think a lot of us were, um, you know, pretty surprised with what he's able to accomplish this year for the Irish. I think a lot of us were and are hoping for a little bit more from the quarterback position overall from Notre Dame. And I think that that was one of the things that probably drew him into the portal in that Marcus Freeman had already come out and said that the Irish were going to go find a quarterback in the portal. It didn't say that Drew Pine wasn't going to be the starter next year. He was, had, wasn't going to have the full opportunity to compete for the job next year, but I think he probably saw the writing on the wall. And depending upon who the Irish get in the portal, he probably was not going to be the starter next year for Notre Dame. Did see and notice a lot of uh, comments on Twitter from a lot of his classmates and teammates wishing him all the best. Uh, so you can tell he clearly was a guy that was really well liked in the locker room, a guy that had given his all. And once again, he you know he did a good job for the Irish this year. And wish him the best. Wish he would have graduated from Notre Dame. Always nice to have that Notre Dame degree um, in your hand. But uh, you know, once again, teach their own. And uh, I hope he has a great year next year for Arizona State. So yeah, so we're going to see a lot of Tyler Bruckner in this upcoming game. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, when we get to the preview at the end of this podcast. Um, but yeah, you know. It's going to be him. We might see a little bit of Steve Angeli. Um, I'm actually surprised that Buckner is fully healed and ready to go, um, but I don't think he would be the starter unless he 
had gotten clearance from doctors and from his family that it was time for him to, to get back out there and, and see what he can do. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting and a little bit different offense for the Irish. Um, a lot of bit, a lot of kind of what we saw at the beginning of the season, but with a whole lot better offensive line. Once again, we can talk a little bit more about that as we get to the end of the podcast and we, we look at the upcoming game against the Gamecocks. Uh, but let's get everything started by taking a look at Notre Dame's Class of 2023 signees um, that took place uh, Wednesday last week. So we're a little bit of a week out from the signings that took place. Um, really good class for the Irish. I think they ended up signing 24 overall players. We'll actually go through each one of the players, and I'll give you a rundown of the different players, where they're from, their different positions. I'll tell you what I know about each one of them, and then I'll, at the end of the day, give you my five uh, favorite prospects or five favorite signees that the Irish did sign uh, this past Wednesday. This is the early signing period, so there still is the opportunity for the Irish to sign more players. That would happen in February. And there is the obviously the opportunity for the Irish to get more transfers in through the portal. Um, for those of you that follow the Irish pretty religiously, there's been a lot of talk that we'll get to here after we look at the signings, but there could be some pretty exciting news on the quarterback front for the Irish, um, hopefully in the next week or so, which, once again, we'll kind of talk about here in a little bit. And once once again, the Irish have the opportunity to go out and get a few more players in the portal. They've already gotten a couple that we'll talk about um, after we talk about our upcoming uh, signings for the Irish. So let's start to delve into it. Let's get a little bit more into it. Let's take a look at who the Irish signed. Uh, it's a consensus top 10 class, I think, on all the different services. I think we were ranked anywhere from 7 to 9 across the different services. Each one of the services looks at the kids differently. They all kind of grade the kids differently. Um, But what I will say is that from an overall perspective, Notre Dame signed 20 guys in this class of the 24 that are considered four-star prospects. And that is the best um, four-star ratio that Notre Dame has signed, I think, in in over 10 years. Uh, I think Brian Kelly did that in one class, which is in the 2013 class. So this is kind of the best class, I think, from an overall perspective um, that Notre Dame has signed in a really long time. Not the top five, not the top three class I think a lot of us were hoping for, uh, but a really good class for Marcus Stream. And we'll get into a little bit around why it's probably not in that top five. Um, Notre Dame didn't miss out on a few top five players, or excuse me, two five, a couple of five-star players. And we'll talk a bit more about that and kind of the, the ramifications of that. But I think from an overall perspective, this is a really good class that's going to bring a lot of talent to Notre Dame and a lot of talent and a lot of positions that the Irish need. All right, so let's get going and kind of get everything underway. Um, we're just going to go down the line here. I pulled up one of the websites that's got the, the different signees, and I'm just going to kind of go through. Um, we'll do position by position, um, and then we'll kind of get into kind of once again the overall class and, and our, our, our overall thoughts. All right, so let's start with the, one of the biggest positions of need for the Irish, which was wide receiver. The Irish signed four wide receivers in this class. Three of them are actually from Texas, and the fourth is from California. Let's start with the wide receiver from California. His name is Rico Flores. He's from Folsom, California. Um, Really good, really well-rounded wide receiver. He's not going to blow you away from a speed standpoint, but the things you read and the things you hear about him is that he's a precision route runner. He's going to be the type of player that could possibly play early because one of the biggest differences between high school and college is the route running, and if he's got that down, um, he's going to be someone that could possibly see the field for the Irish. So really big signing out of California for the Irish. Rico Flores, he had offers from Ohio State and a couple others so definitely a big get on their side next wide receiver we're going to look at is braylon james um he is from round rock texas he's a little bit bigger i think he's about six three so a little bit taller a little bit lankier wide receiver think of kind of probably like tobias merriweather Deion colsey style type player he's got a little bit more speed than i think both those guys um, but definitely someone that i think if you talk to people that follow recruiting is probably of the four wide receivers the one that has probably the most overall potential um the guy that maybe in you know three or four years from now he's kind of the star instead of the class um so really exciting on his on his front 
Round Rock is right outside of Austin, um, so he comes from a hotbed of Texas football. And, yeah, definitely someone that I think the Irish are pretty excited about. Next is going to be Caleb Smith. He's from Frisco, Texas. Uh, Caleb Smith was at one time a committed player to Texas Tech. Um, towards the end of the season, he was offered by the Irish, you know, taking visits to Notre Dame, decommitted from Texas Tech, and I think a couple of weeks after that, he commits the Irish. He's going to be a little bit more of your smaller guy going to be more of a slot wide receiver but give me the guy that's going to be more that changes direction guy that's going to be fast guy that's going to have a ton of speed and guy that you know you can look to see there hit him on slants and he's the kind of guy that can take it to the house so yeah definitely a big pickup fashion that one and then lastly Jaden Greathouse here I think is, is one of the best players in the whole class we'll get to that you know as we take a look at one of our top five players but four-star starter in high school which is really really hard to do in Austin Texas he goes to Austin Westlake, which is one of the biggest high schools down there. They won a state championship, I think, two or three years out of his four years there. Um, he is the kind of guy that's going to remind you a lot of a Chase Claypool. He's bigger. He's extremely talented, and he's a guy that I think of all the wide receivers, he's going to be the kid that's going to come in and get some playing time next year. I think he's just going to be an, an amazing player for the Irish and super excited about him, Jaden Greyhouse, um, wide receiver. All right, let's take a look at tight ends. The Irish signed one tight end. His name is Cooper Flanagan. He's out of Concord, California, um, Concord de La Salle. Um, shout out Irv, um, you know, for those of you guys that know our good buddy Dan Irving is a De La Salle graduate as well. Um, guy that Notre Dame was in on early. He's been committed to the Irish for a long period of time. A lot of the other big schools came after him, like Alabama, um, but he stuck with his commitment to the Irish. He's definitely going to be more in the mold of a, you know, of a wide receiver type tight end. He's going to be go, go out and get a, catch a lot of passes. Probably needs to put on a little bit more weight. He wants to be kind of that big inline blocker that the Irish are hoping for. Um, but, yeah, a big signing for the Irish. Out of California, Cooper Flanagan, um, and the only tight end. So the Irish actually ended up going with one tight end for this whole class. All right, let's take a look at um, the next position. We're going to stick on offense, or we're going to go offensive line. The Irish signed five offensive linemen in this class. Um, they did have, uh, at one point... Um, a gentleman named Elijah Page, who was committed to Irish, who decommitted and then ended up signing with USC. It was a little bit of a loss. Um, definitely someone that I think the Irish staff was really high on. He would have been your pure tackle. Um, someone that I think a lot of the Irish coaches were really super excited about. So a little bit of a tough loss there. But this happened earlier on in the process. The Irish knew that they had to go out and get another offensive lineman. They ended up, do it, did that, they ended up doing that. So overall, like I said, five offensive linemen. Let's start with Sullivan Absher, um, who's from Belmont, North Carolina. He's probably going to be more of an interior guy. Definitely going to be a little bit more of a guard, um, four-star prospect. You know, he plays in an offensive, from what I understand, does a lot of running. So he's going to have to work on his pass blocking. Um, but definitely someone that the staff is, you know, pretty pumped about. And guy that, you know, was an early member of the Irish class and I think did a lot of recruiting, did a really good job of bringing on a lot of the other guys onto the team. Uh, next up, we're going to look at Joe Odding. He's an offensive lineman from Topeka, Kansas. A little bit on the smaller side. He's a really good athlete, plays basketball. I think you see him, if, you, if you've seen some of his highlights, they show images of him dunking the ball. Um, he's a guy that's going to have to work on bringing in, uh, excuse me, putting on a lot of weight when he gets to Irish. He's going to be a guy that's probably going to project out to be a center. Um, so think of like a Zeke Corral for the Irish. Um, but yeah, a guy that the Irish staff identified early. I think a lot of people were a little bit surprised when they offered him because they think at the time he's a three-star, but he ended up netting out as a four-star. So a guy that the Irish, once again, were in on early, um, and he said really wanted, and they got him uh, locked in pretty quickly. Next up is Sam Pendleton, who's from, it sounds like Faftown, North Carolina. 
not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, um, but he is similar to a Sullivan Absher, um, a guy that the Irish were in on pretty early, uh, and a guy that you know once he got to the Irish campus, um, you know he really enjoyed what he saw and signed on right away. I think he was leaning right away off the bat to like a North Carolina State or even North Carolina, staying in state. But he came to visit the Irish, got along and met Heastan, and he once again was a guy that I think was all in from the minute that happened. He probably does project out to be a, more of a guard, possibly could be a tackle. Um, but yeah, another nice signing for the Irish. Next up is Christopher Turek, who is actually from uh, my hometown, or not my hometown, but the town I live in here, uh, Glen Ellen, Illinois. Um, he is a Glenbard West hitter, um, so part of the Glenbard West football team. So I had the chance to actually go out and see him. I saw him play one time uh, this year. Uh, he's a three-star. He's the guy that they brought in um, when Elijah Page decommitted. He was actually committed to Wisconsin. We all know how uh, good of a job Wisconsin does from an offensive line standpoint. So, you know, another nice pickup for the Irish. I think same thing. It was a guy that he stand and Reese had seen a bunch um, and that they knew that if they were to lose a guy, he was probably the next guy that they were going to call in. So, yeah, excited to see a, a local guy um, become a part of the Fighting Irish. You know, he did flip at the end um, a little bit before signing day towards the end of November um, because he did have that commitment to Wisconsin, but great to see the Irish bring him in. And, yeah, it'll be neat to see what he does over the next four years. Probably a guy that needs to reshape his body a little bit, um, but definitely he brings a ton of size um, to the table. Lastly, Charles Jagasa, um, probably um, the guy that a lot of people are going to be talking about in the offensive line class. Um, he's from Rock Island, Illinois, a really small town. He plays at a really small school. I think they actually only won maybe one game this whole year. Uh, he's an all-state wrestler, state champion, and he's probably the guy that most people are going to talk about when they think about this offensive line recruiting class. Some services have him as a five-star. Um, some people have him as actually one of the top ten players in the country. He's going to be the guy that's going to project out, hopefully, as a tackle. Uh, and once again, will probably be the guy that a lot of us are talking about a whole lot down the line. So kudos to the Irish for getting in on him. He had offers from everywhere. I think he looked pretty heavily at Michigan, um, but the Irish were able to get him locked in over the summer and kept his pledge. So, yeah, very good offensive line class, um, building upon what they brought in last year. Um, and as they continue to have Heastan bring in the guys that he wants, the guys that he likes, um, and obviously continue to build and mold into hopefully one of the better offensive lines in the country. All right, let's take a look at running back. At one point, the Irish had three running backs committed, um, did lose a couple of them. So uh, for those of you that follow recruiting, um, there was a guy, kid from Kansas named Dylan Edwards, who I think a lot of us were really excited about. Probably one of the shiftier, faster, quicker players that the Irish were going to sign in years. Um, he's the kind of kid that, you know, he highlight real touchdowns. It was too bad. He ended up signing with Colorado. He was, you know, been committed to Notre Dame for a few months ended up uh, that his dad is good friends with Deion Sanders. And uh, when Deion Sanders became the head coach at Colorado, it was pretty much game over for the Irish. So tough to lose him, uh, but it's not the end of the world. Um, he was going to be probably more of a gadget-type player, not going to be your every down back. Um, but it was a kind of kid and type of player that the Irish haven't had in a really, long, really, really long time. So I was actually excited to see what he could do. Um, so he left the class. And then the other guy is Jaden Lamar, who was running back out of Washington, who had been committed to the Irish for a while. You'd heard rumblings that he was starting to think about wanting to stay closer to home. He ended up signing with Oregon um, on signing day, so the Irish lost him too. I don't think, once again, I don't think just like um, Dylan Edwards, not the not the biggest loss for the Irish. The Notre Dame has a pretty stocked um, and stacked running back room right now, um, but you know it would have been a nice depth player, but not the end of the world that he didn't sign either. So the running back that we did get was probably the best of the bunch. Anyways, Jeremiah Love um, out of the St. Louis, Missouri area, um, probably one of the better athletes the Irish have signed in a long time. If you listen to some of the services, he was the fifth-ranked running back. 
uh, in this whole class. Some recruiting services had him ranked as high as, I think, the 63rd ranked player in the country. He, a ton of talent, guy that can probably play a little bit of running back, play a little bit of wide receiver. Uh, for those of you that follow the IRS, think of like a CJ Procise. Uh, going to be a kid that's probably going to be tough to keep off the field next year. So really excited to see what he does. And once again, of all the three running backs that we didn't want to lose, he was the one we didn't want to lose. Um, and yeah, he's going to be a kind of guy, like once again, is going to get some playing time next year as a freshman. Okay. We've done wide receiver, we've done tight end, we've done running back, we've done offensive line. Now let's get to quarterback. Uh, the Irish sign, Kenny Minchie, who's out of Hendersonville, Tennessee, actually went to the same high school as Golden Tate. He is a four-star t- quarterback. Uh, for those of you that follow recruiting, know that Notre Dame at one point had, had what I think a lot of us thought was a sign commit from Dante Moore, who's a five-star quarterback out of Detroit. Um, he ended up committing at that time to Oregon and then about a week before signing day, he ended up flipping and ended up signing with UCLA. So he was the guy that the Irish had zeroed in on and always wanted. Didn't end up working out for the Irish. The Irish were kind of in the market for a quarterback for a bunch of months leading into signing day. And uh, towards the middle of November, um, Kenny Minchie, who at one time was committed to Pitt, decommitted, came on visit to Notre Dame, and about a week after that, he uh, verbally committed to the Irish. Um, super excited about this kid. He's got a ton of talent. He is uh, you know, one of those quarterbacks that the biggest thing they talk about is his accuracy. Um, he's extremely accurate. He's got a ton of touch. He's got a great deep ball. He's you know relatively mobile. He's not going to be a guy that's going to wow you with his speed and run around, but um, definitely a guy that can get around in the pocket and can go for runs as well. But yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty excited about this kid and looking forward to seeing what he can do. He's going to have a couple of years hopefully to develop, um, but definitely has the opportunity and will have the opportunity to be the starter at some point. Um, if you talk to the coaches, if you talk to a lot of the guys that do the analysis out there. I think a lot of folks had this kid as probably one of the top five quarterbacks in the country. So great get for the Irish, especially as it looked like um, they were going to kind of maybe go this class without signing a quarterback. Um, but yeah, good job for the Irish. Kenny Minchie out of Hendersonville, Tennessee. Uh, keep an eye on him um, and what happens for him in his future. All right, let's take a look at the defense um, and what we signed there. And then we'll get into a couple of the athletes. I guess you could probably, both these athletes probably project more towards defense than anything else. But let's start on the defensive line where the Irish signed four players um, from that standpoint. I think a lot of us were hoping for maybe one more defensive lineman, maybe more of an interior guy. Um, they already missed out on a couple of guys, um, but really good overall class and a ton of potential that these four guys are bringing to the table. I guess start off with one of my favorite players brennan vernon defensive end out of mentor ohio a lot of people have him pegged as the best player in the state of ohio this is the type of kid that typically signs on the dotted line as a junior to ohio state Uh, but nordham got him to visit nordham connected with him really well and he committed i think gosh maybe even a year and a half ago so one of the early early signees when marcus Freeman was brought on board and He's going to be the type of kid that same thing is going to get some early playing time because he's just so big. He's so talented. Um, and he's the kind of kid that Notre Dame hasn't gotten out of Ohio in a really long time. So super excited for Brennan Vernon. Next guy, uh, Bubakar Traor, who's out of West Roxbury, Massachusetts. Um, he actually at one point was committed to Boston College. He committed from them, I think, last spring and then came to visit Notre Dame and committed to Notre Dame. Um, so really nice get for the Irish there. A lot of people are pretty high on him. Um, going to need Need to be a guy that's probably going to hit the weight room for a little bit, um, but definitely I think a guy that will probably redshirt next year and we could see him getting some playing time uh, that following year. So, yeah, nice big signing for him. He's going to probably project out a little bit more towards a defensive end. Defensive tackle, um, you're looking at a kid named Devin Houston who's from Hagerstown, Maryland. His brother actually is a basketball player for the University of Michigan. Uh, nice get for the Irish there. I think he's actually technically Canadian, 
um, but projects as more of a defensive tackle. Could possibly get moved outside to defensive end, but another nice signing by the Irish there and another nice kid um, that will bring depth to the Irish in the years to come. And then lastly, Armel Mukum, who's from Woodbury Forest. If that area sounds familiar to some of you guys, same thing that we mentioned earlier. Um, that's actually where CJ Procise went to high school, Greer Martini. And uh, one other kid that I'm totally forgetting about. Um, but he's a guy that I think none of us had really heard of him until he actually committed. Um, he at one point was committed to Stanford. He's a little bit more raw. He's from Canada, too. He actually played a lot of hockey, so you know he's going to be athletic from that standpoint. Um, from a pure potential standpoint, a lot of people are really high on him. He's going to be a guy that's probably going to need a few years in the system before he ends up playing, but he projects out at a defensive end, um, and he's the kind of guy that hopefully in the next couple of years is the big guy we're talking about as a guy that's getting to the quarterback and getting sacks. So those are your four defensive linemen. Great job by the Irish. Um, overall, uh, you got Markham is ranked as a four-star, Treyor four-star, Vernon four-star, and Devin Houston four-star. So great job um, by the Irish. Actually, sorry, Markham uh, is more of a three-star. Uh, the rest of the guys are four-stars. All right, moving on. Let's take a look at the linebackers. The Irish signed three of them. Um, we're going to start with Preston Zinter, who's out of Lawrence, Massachusetts. His brother actually is an offensive lineman. That goes to University of Michigan, so a nice get for the Irish. I think his brother really wanted to go to Notre Dame. Notre Dame went the other way um, from an offensive line standpoint, ended up not going after him. Um, but this kid has played a lot of tight end in high school. He plays a lot of outside linebackers, so someone that I think at the end they could end up playing more of like a defensive end, um, outside linebacker position for the Irish. Um, Four-star, really good player. Um, you know, when you see a guy like this who plays a lot on offense and on defense, you know he's got um, a heavy motor, and you know he's someone that's going to hopefully probably see the field early on, at least from a special team standpoint. Next, Jaden Osbury, who's out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He actually is from right near LSU's campus. So a really good get for the Irish. LSU, I know, went hard after him, and he actually has a brother that goes to Auburn. So no, Auburn was after him. Um, he's going to project out as more of your your faster guy. Um, not going to play middle linebacker. Going to be probably more of a will linebacker, um, but a guy that's going to be playing space, guy that can cover a tight end, um, and a guy that once again I think is going to get some early playing time. He's a four star, so great get by the Irish and Jaden Osbury. And then lastly, from linebacker perspective, a guy that a lot of people, if you follow and recruiting, um, have been very familiar with his name. Probably was the biggest recruiter in the whole class for the Irish. Um, his name is Drake Bowen. He's from Merrillville, Indiana. Um, actually is a really good baseball player, too, and is going to play on the Irish baseball team. He's enrolling in the spring. Is he actually going to play baseball, I think, and football in the spring? Um, he's just an unbelievable athlete, great player, was actually um, the Buckus High School winner. Um, so he basically has been named and crowned the best linebacker in all of high school. Um, like I said, he was the kid that did a really good job recruiting for the Irish. He lives not too far from Notre Dame, so he was always up there. He is the kind of kid that got the rest of the crew together um, and really kind of been, the, I think, the glue within the whole class. So kudos to Drake Bowen and the job he did. Um, he's going to project out as probably a middle linebacker. Um, he's going to be a really good player. And, um, you know, once again, if you're if you're named the, the Buckus winner in high school as the best linebacker, you know you're the type of player that the Irish are going to go after. So uh, really excited for Drake Bowen and what he brings to the table and what he's going to be doing in the next few years for the Irish. All right, let's take a look at um, the secondary and what we're bringing in there. We've got two cornerbacks and then uh, three kids that are going to project out of safety. So let's start with the cornerbacks. First one, Micah Bell, one of the fastest players in the country. He's out of Houston, Texas. Actually has a brother that goes to the University of Georgia and plays football there. He's a four-star. Um, you know, he's going to, you know, project out as a guy that could hopefully get on the field early. Could definitely be a special teams guy. Could be a kick returner. Could be a punt returner. 
tons of speedy plays. I think quarterback or running back in high school as well, but he's going to project out as a cornerback, one of the better cornerbacks the Irish has signed in a long time. The other is Christian Gray, who's out of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, probably the best cornerback Notre Dame signed in probably about five or six years. Um, really talented player, a guy that had offers from all across the country, and kudos to Marcus Sherman and his staff for identifying him early and getting it on him and signing him. Um, he's going to be a big pickup for the Irish, and same thing, a guy that's definitely going to um, have the opportunity to play earlier for the Irish on the defensive side of the ball. Next up, let's take a look at the safeties. We'll start with Adon Schuler, who's out of Irvington, New Jersey, one of the better players out of the state of New Jersey. A guy's been committed to the Irish for a while. Um, Four-star, you know, he's a heavy hitter. He's kind of your guy that's going to be, think of like more of like your Aloe Gilman, um, your, kind of your bigger safety who's going to be out there kind of laying the wood, um, probably going to play a little bit more closer to the line. Um, super excited for what Adon Schuler brings to the table and what he's going to accomplish. He's going to be a guy that definitely I think is going to get going early on on special teams for the Irish. Next two are going to be um, Ben Mindich and then Brandon Hillman. So those are the last two that we're going to talk about. Ben Mindich is from Westchester, Ohio. So uh, think about the Cincinnati suburb area. A guy that the Irish uh, got in on early before he kind of blew up. He turned out to be a four-star. I think at the time when Notre Dame was looking at me as a three-star, he just makes a ton of plays. He's going to be a guy that um, is definitely going to be playing early on on special teams um, and eventually I think will become a starter just like Adon Schuler. Um, you know, Irish did a great job of identifying him and going after him and signing him. He seems like the type of kid that was a pretty big Notre Dame fan uh, and great pickup by the Irish um, from that standpoint. And then lastly, probably one of the more exciting players in the class, Brendan Hillman. Um, he's going to project out as a safety, but he technically is an athlete. He's from Portsmouth, Virginia. Uh, this kid did everything in high school. He played quarterback. I think he played running back. I think he played wide receiver. He played safety. Um, he did it all. Um, and he's you know one of the better athletes that Notre Dame has signed in a while. And so everyone is really super excited about him and what he brings to the table. I do think he's going to project out to start on the defensive side of the ball. But he's once again, he's the kind of kid that if you need to, in a pinch, to have him play running back, he could do it. If you needed him to play quarterback, he could do it as well. Um, he's just an exciting player. And, yeah, he's going to be someone that I think the Irish are going to be super excited that they got in on. When the Irish offered him, I think at the time he had maybe one or two scholarship offers. Shortly after that, he got about 10 to 15 more scholarship offers. Uh, and all the big schools started coming in in on him um, but the Irish are early uh, he came to visit and the Irish locked him in so yeah super excited about Brandon Hillman and what he brings to the table so let me just go through the list real quickly here make sure I got everyone I think I did so that's going to be 24 players that were covered there I'm going to quickly as well run through six walk-ons um, that the Irish signed so we have from uh, Cody Wyoming um, his safety Luke Talich um, this is actually a pretty exciting walk-on for the Irish, um, he actually had offers from Oregon State, Utah, Washington State, and a few more, um, but he decided to walk in at the Irish. Um, he is an admitted uh, Notre Dame fan and has always wanted to go to Notre Dame. So once again, great job by the Irish in bringing in this type of kid. He's the kind of kid who you might be reading about after one year in the program as a kid that they moved to scholarship. He's that good, and he is definitely someone that is going to be playing uh, for the Irish the next couple of years. Next up um, is Henry Garrity. Uh, if Garrity sounds familiar, he is the son of Pat Garrity. Um, the all-time great uh, Notre Dame basketball player. Um, so he's out of Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. Projects more as a tight end, um, 6'4". Um, had offers from a bunch of more regional schools like Central Michigan, Illinois State, uh, Eastern Michigan, uh, but a great uh, pickup from that standpoint and obviously someone that's a big fan of the Fighting Irish. Next up, uh, back here in my hometown as well, Glen Ellen, Illinois. Uh, same thing as Chris Tarek. 
um, from Gunbard West, uh, Marcelo Diomedi. Um, he's a kicker. Um, he's a walk-on, so he's going to be someone that is you know, going to provide depth at that position. And once again, need to see another kid from the local area um, being side by Irish. And then next up we're going to have is Andrew Cross, who is from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, he goes to St. Xavier down there in the Cincinnati suburbs. Um, he is a long snapper, so someone that is going to come in when Michael Vincent Prime moves on um, as someone that's going to challenge for a spot there. And then lastly, um, we've got a couple more. Let me just quickly go through this. Um, dun, 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 dun. I think that actually might be it. Hold on. No. Oh, one more. Um, Jordan Faison, um, who is an athlete out of Florida. Um, he played quarterback in high school. Um, really cool. He's actually a really good lacrosse player, actually an elite lacrosse player. So he's going to do double duty. He's going to play on both the football team and he's going to play on the lacrosse team, which is really neat. So you guys know me. I'm a huge lacrosse fan. Um, that'll be fun to watch him play um, from a lacrosse standpoint, and then hopefully as well he'll get on the field um, from a football standpoint. So uh, that should cover it from a walk-on standpoint. Let me just make sure I got them all. Yes, I think I did get them all. There's five of them. There might even be six. I don't know, maybe I'm missing one. But either way, uh, great job by the Irish bringing in some really good preferred walk-ons um, with regards to what we're doing um, from that standpoint. All right, lastly, let's take a look at and talk a little bit more about um, a couple of the transfers that have already come in. Um, Caleb Smith is going to be a graduate transfer coming at the wide receiver position, was out of Virginia Tech, has played his last four years there. Um, really good player. He was the captain, I think, on Virginia Tech's team last year. He's going to be a guy that's going to come in and challenge for playing time right away at the wide receiver standpoint. He's bigger. He's taller. He's not a speedster, um, but he's going to be someone that I definitely think will be seeing the field um, for the Irish next year. So um, definitely someone that they're bringing in because they know he can play. He's got a ton of experience. He's going to bring a lot of leadership to the table and a really good pickup for the Irish. And then we brought in a punter. Um, I totally forget his name. But he's coming in as a walk-on. He's from the Ivy League. And then we also signed as, I think, uh, another walk-on as well. Um, he's from South Florida. He was their place kicker last year. He, so he could be a guy that could come in and challenge for field goals for next year. Forget his name as well. Um, but great job by the Irish so far in the portal, um, bringing in those players. All right, let's take a look at a couple of the guys that the Irish missed out on. Signing day drama, which always tends to happen, um, you know, over those last couple of days as it relates to the signings. Um, a guy that the Irish were in on early and a guy that had committed to the Irish and had been a commit for a long time, Keon Keeley. He ended up decommitting, I think, halfway through the year and ended up signing with Alabama. He's a five-star defensive end, so a guy that the Irish definitely were really high on. We're high on him before. Pretty much every major program got after him. Um, he's he's going to be a difference maker. He's the kind of guy that the Irish would have loved to have had from a Viper position, guy that's going to get after the quarterback. It's too bad they didn't get him. Uh, turned out that NIL was probably more what he was looking for, so he's definitely looking for some money, and the Irish, I don't think, were willing to give it to him. Um, so that was a tough loss. And then lastly, let's take a look at Peyton Bowen. Um, he was a safety who had been committed to the Irish for almost a year. He's out of Texas, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, five-star kind of kid that was probably going to come in and start next year for safety, um, at safety for Notre Dame. Really, really good player. Um, it was tough to watch kind of this whole thing play out. He'd been committed to the Irish, was actually committed to the Irish as it went into signing day. Then actually during his hat ceremony, he ended up picking up Notre Dame's hat, put it on, threw it to the side, put on Oregon's hat, which was a school that no one had really thought he had been paying much attention to. He ended up not signing with Oregon, spent the whole rest of the day, going back and forth, talking Notre Dame staff and then also Oklahoma staff, uh, where his best friend and girlfriend were going. And at the end of the day, he chose or uh, Oklahoma. Tough one for Marcus Freeman. I think he had invested a lot of time. And from what you read and what you hear, um, you know, Payne Bowen had told the Notre Dame 
recruits the other kids in the class, and he told the Notre Dame coaching staff that he was going to sign with Notre Dame, and he didn't do it. So, you know, probably not the worst loss at the end of the day if, if the kid's telling you, him, if he's telling the staff, and he's telling the other recruits that he's going to sign, he ends up not. Um, but, you know, he's the kind of player that the Irish, you know, would love to have. Um, wish the kid all the luck in the world. Probably handled it pretty pretty poorly on his side. And once again, I feel for Marcus Freeman and the staff. They invested a ton of time, a ton of energy. Um, I just wish that in these situations, kids that can't quite figure it out, just decommit from the school you're committed to. If you don't think you're going to sign with them or you're, you're up in the air and you're looking at other schools, just decommit uh, and be honest about it and look at other schools. But the fact that he was literally committed to Notre Dame until the actual signing day and until he picked up the hats, that's a little tough to watch. Um, you know, just be a little bit more honest and be a little bit more upfront about the whole situation. But once again, these race year old kids are being pulled in a lot of different directions. Money comes into play now with NIL. So uh, who knows what's going on in a lot of these kids' worlds. Um, and, yeah, so wish him all the best. Wish he was at Notre Dame, but that is what it is. All right, let's take a look at kind of the, the big transfer portal news that is uh, kind of on everyone's mind, um, and that is the news that Sam Hartman, uh, who is a just finished his fifth year at Wake Forest, um, has entered the transfer portal, and it sounds like Notre Dame is the leader to bring him in. Now, probably not going to happen um, for another week or so. Probably won't happen until after the bowl game. It'll be interesting to see, interesting to see if he comes to visit Notre Dame in the next week. Um, but from everything you're reading and everything you're seeing, and everything you're hearing, uh, Notre Dame is going to be the spot. It would be a massive pickup for the Irish. This would be absolutely huge, um, something that I think would propel the Irish to be, you know, preseason, probably top five ranked team. Um, this kid has just a ton of talent. He's got over 13,000 yards passing at Wake Forest, over 110 touchdowns. Um, he's the type of player that the Irish haven't had at a quarterback, at quarterback in a really, really long time. Um, and he's just, you know, the type of leader that the Irish could use. He's, a, I think, a three-time captain at Wake Forest. And, yeah, this would just be beyond exciting if Notre Dame could bring him in and reel him in um, and have him come be the quarterback as we get spring ball underway. He's just – he's a dynamic player, uh, and I'm going to say it. Sweets and VJ, I know you guys don't blame me. I think he's an elite quarterback. Um, he's probably the number one quarterback in the transfer portal, maybe outside of Grayson McCall, um, but I don't think Grayson McCall was going to be a guy that was going to look at Notre Dame. Um, but, yeah, this would be just absolutely huge if the Irish could pull this off uh, and bring him in. It would just be – It'd be awesome. Um, so let's kind of wait and see what happens. Um, obviously, if this news comes to fruition, we'll definitely do a podcast on it, or we'll you know we'll take a look at it at some point next week, probably when we do our recap of the of the bowl game. But yeah, this is just this is the type of news that you know Notre Dame needs to get, um, and I think it'd be something that the fan base will be beyond excited about. And I think once again, uh, would be news that I think the, the rest of the college football world would have to take heed and take notice of that the Irish are you know they're coming to play um, when it comes to the portal and what they're trying to do. Um, kudos once again. I'm going to give it to Marcus Freeman. This guy works tirelessly. The entire Notre Dame staff works tirelessly on the recruiting front. These guys spend a ton of time on the road, a ton of time away from their families, a ton of time texting kids, calling kids, all this stuff. Um, and, you know, they did a great job. Um, they had at one point, you know, three five-stars committed that all went somewhere else probably at the end of the day for a variety of reasons, um, some of it money, some of it, you know, wanting to stay closer to home. But I think Marcus Freeman uh, continues to prove out what he can do from a recruiting perspective and what he can bring to the table. A lot of talk, obviously, about NAL during the signing day and what Notre Dame needs to do on that front. They obviously need to make some changes and get a little bit better plan in place. But I think, you know, Marcus Freeman has come out and said, listen, if NAL is your number one uh, goal, Notre Dame is probably not the place for you. I think a lot of us Notre Dame fans, 
you know, we want to see Notre Dame get involved in the NIL, but doing it in the right way and not, you know, this like massive amounts of money up front. Um, you know, I think what's going to happen to NIL over time is that you're going to start to see more of those NIL dollars going to those transfer players, the kids that have proven themselves out, um, because you never know what's going to happen with some of these high school kids. And, you know, Texas A&M is kind of the poster child for this. I think they signed like 24, 20, 28 kids or something like that last year. And I think they've got like 15 of them are in the portal and they gave a lot of money to these kids and none of them are sticking around. So, you know, I'm sure Texas A&M fan base is not happy. I'm sure the coaching staff is not happy, but I think this is what is proving out that giving a bunch of kids from high school, a whole bunch of money um, is probably not the best thing to do. Why don't you, if you're, if NIL is legal and you have the opportunity to do it, hopefully schools will, will start to take notice of it. And give more of that money to the kids that have proven themselves and the kids that are in the transfer portal. Um, but yeah, it's it's the wild, wild west of recruiting. It's a different world, and I once I feel bad for Marcus Freeman for this respect because what he does and kind of the person he is and what he brings to the table from a recruiting perspective. I think without NIL, Notre Dame easily has a top five class, probably even a top three class. And Marcus Freeman is, you know, once again considered one of the best recruiters. I still think he is one of the best recruiters. Um, but he's even that much better without if he doesn't have to deal with NIL and kids getting pulled in a variety of directions just because of money. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give, once again, like I said, kudos to Marcus Freeman and his staff. I could not be more excited about what he brings to the table um, from a variety of standpoints, and I think this is just a start from a recruiting perspective. Notre Dame's class in 2024, as it's ranked right now, is currently ranked number one in the country. Let's see if they can continue to keep that out because, as Marcus Freeman says, it's one thing to be ranked number one right now. He wants to be ranked number one in December when it really, really counts. Okay. All right, we've talked a lot about recruiting, and now we actually have a game. Uh, less than 48 hours from now, Notre Dame takes on South Carolina in the Gator Bowl, 2.30 Chicago time start on Friday. Um, should be a really good game. Should be some good weather. Uh, South Carolina, haven't done a ton of research on them. They've lost a lot of players, whether it's the portal, kids that are going pro, um, or whatever. Um, I think at the end of the day, they're down, I think, 12 or 13 starters, um, which is a lot. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do from uh, the perspective of the team that they pull, that they roll out there. Uh, we talked a little bit about this on one of the other podcasts. They've got really good special teams, one of the best special teams in the country. Um, they've got a good quarterback who has played really well these last few games, um, someone who I don't think played that well earlier this year, his name is Spencer Rattler. But he has had some really good games against not only Tennessee, um, but also in Clemson. And when he's on, um, you know, they can do some serious damage. So it'll be interesting to see which, uh, which quarterback the Irish get. Now he is missing a lot of his good options. I think he's missing his, his top tight end, a couple of wide receivers. I think he still does have his best wide receiver. Um, but from everything you've read and everything you've seen, uh, South Carolina cannot run the ball, so they're probably going to be relying heavily on their pass, probably going to rely on Rattler to make a lot of runs. So the Irish, same thing that they had to do against USC, they're going to have to protect against him running the ball uh, and getting out into the open, so that'll be big for the Irish defense. Um, but yeah, and from their defensive perspective, they don't do a great job of stopping the run, so this should be a pretty heavy running game for the Irish. And I think with Buckner coming back, going to be something the Irish are going to really rely on is the running game because you know we don't know what we're going to get from Buckner um, from a passing perspective. Notre Dame is going to be down uh, both Michael Mayer and uh, Isaiah Foskey as those who have opted to go to the pros um, and are going to be sitting this game out. Um, so down a couple of elite players on our side. Um, nice chance for a guy like Mitch Levins to step up from a tight end perspective and then also Adam Miola and uh, Jordan Batello to step up on the defensive end standpoint. But everyone else is pretty much there for the Irish. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to have our full rushing attack. Hopefully, Audrey Estime doesn't have turf toe and he's ready to go. Um, but I think this is going to be, once again, a game that are, the Irish are going to rely heavily on Diggs, Estime, 
and Tyree. I would love to see them get Tyree a little bit more in the slot. Um, Buckner, we do know, brings a little bit of a running presence. Not a little bit, a, a lot of a running presence. So expect to see a lot of RPOs. Expect to see a lot of the Irish um, running plays where you're not sure if he's going to run or where he's going to throw. And I think that's the dynamic aspect that a lot of us love to see um, from the Irish and what we're hoping to see, um, especially next year, if, if we bring in like a Sam Hartman um, who can do a lot of damage um, with both his legs and throwing the ball. Um, so, yeah, let's see what the Irish can do. Um, it should be a really good game. Like I said, it would be great to finish the season with a win and finish the season at 9-4. and four. I am going to predict an Irish victory. I do think that this is a game that the Irish get it done, and I think it's going to be a game that springboards them into next season. Um, and once again, if we can bring in Sam Hartman from the transfer portal, there's going to be a ton of excitement around the Irish as we head into um, spring practice and into next year. So let's take a look at our score prediction, and we're going to give it to you guys right here right now. I am going to go with the Irish at 40 and South Carolina at 23. So Notre Dame 40, South Carolina 23. Big win for the Irish. Finish the year off right. Um, finish the year off strong. And I do think Buckner is going to play well. Um, and I think he's going to have a pretty good game. And I do think it's going to show once again what a little bit more of this, what this offense could be if the Irish had a running threat from the quarterback perspective, which is what we didn't have with Drew Pine. So thanks again for listening, everyone. I'm probably going to be coming back with a new episode next week to kind of finish off the season. Then we'll take a little bit of break. Um, for those of you who like lacrosse, we're probably going to talk a little bit of lacrosse here in the upcoming months. Uh, I do get excited about the Irish lacrosse and what they're going to do this year. Um, but, yeah, let's, uh, let's finish the year off strong. Thank you guys for listening. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday with their family and friends. I hope everyone's uh, upcoming New Year's are safe and that everyone gets 2023 off to a great start. So once again, my name is Drew Brennan. I'm the host of the Exit 77 podcast. Feel free to reach out to me. For those of you who have my phone number, my email, get in touch with me that way. If you want to reach out and send me anything on Twitter, it's Exit 77 underscore podcast. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions. Happy to answer them on the show. But let's get a big win. Let's finish the year off strong. And as always, go Irish.